So first of all, I'd like to thank the church, actually on behalf of the whole team, uh, for your support. Um, it meant a great deal to us, financial support, but especially prayer support. Um, we can tell that you guys were behind us. It was amazing over there. So just thank you for your support. Secondly, I'd, I'd like to thank those youth leaders that kept youth group going while I was gone two of the four weeks that we were away because all the rest were snow days. So thank you to Ange and Adam and for uh, Dave and Melody Pike and for Julie just for stepping in and helping us out with youth group. I really appreciate that a lot. So next I have... Uh, Dave Boonstoppel, I'd really like to thank him. If you ever want to go, well, first of all, before I get into thanking him, he did the blog every day, and there's, there's power in the press. We'll just leave it at that. He did a great job. He really, really did. So, but there's power in the press. I also thanks to Dave for all the, the work you did on planning it and getting the tickets going, and just, it's a pile of work. And he seems to really like it. So if you ever want to go on a trip with somebody who's going to have everything lined up, including all of your side trips and everything, Dave's your guy. Oh, click that thing once more. There should be a slideshow going through there. Nope, you clicked it too many times. All right, give it 10 seconds and it'll go. While it's going. Who we got back here? It'll come. It will. So you're going to notice as we're going through that, there we go. It's kind of like the story of how we were, how the whole week went, or the whole three weeks went. So this is our welcome as, as on and on and on we go. So just as you're watching and listening, keep watching up there too. Um, the next person I'd like to thank is, yep. Oh, yep, you can shut those lights off because you really don't need to see the people on the stage anyway. Next person I'd like to thank is uh, Uncle Dave Rogers. So I don't remember how many years you've been there, a lot of years, 25. So that's a lot of years. Um, we've been praying for their family for years and years and years. And it's different when you're praying from home, and then you go over there and you get to see what it's actually like, right? Frontline missionary, support missionary is way different when you're actually on the field than when you're sitting here at home. So. I really appreciated being introduced to that. And then also the, the other part that was really, that I loved over there was the idea that they're not just on the base doing ministry, it's in the community too. And I know he's going to talk about that more when he's talking. So it's, um, it's amazing to be part of a team that wants to be in the community, not just in one location. So I really, really appreciated that. Um, so there's some guys that touched me when I was over there that I'm going to share about for a few minutes, and then there's a whole list for these guys that they're going to go down through, too. So this is, uh, yeah, Porn Smith right there. So the first guy that really got a hold of me, was, his name was Paul. So Paul, I don't really know how old Paul was. Be about, it's really hard to gauge, be 50-ish, maybe, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, he's just a tiny little man. Uh, the first Sunday we were there, he became a believer. The cool thing about that church is when you become a believer, they had nine new believers that Sunday. Um, on That was Sunday. By Wednesday, there's a new believers class going. So Paul was at all of the new believers classes all the way right through, so we got to watch him grow a little bit in his faith. Paul was extremely smart. He owned his own island, which was pretty cool. I got to ride in his canoe. I got to flip his canoe. And uh, so it was just, he was a pretty neat guy. He was a pretty soft-spoken guy. Um, 
but he could speak English really well. So it was able, we were able to communicate pretty nicely. And uh, he was just, he was a really genuine guy. Um, wanted to see his family come to know Jesus. And it was just pretty neat. The, other, the next guy that kind of touched me a lot is, you know when we go through these um, way of Jesus sentences, I'm being sent by Jesus to bless others. Um, this next guy was that guy. Uh, he's the pastor of the church. His name's Jephthah. So he was able to uh, really get out into his community. And I know Uncle Dave's going to talk about him a little more too, but that he really embodied that that um, that phrase, I'm being sent by Jesus to bless others. Um, the last thing I have to share is that uh, thank you for, safe, for praying for safety for us. Uh, I'm not really a good one to talk about it, but God is one of those people who protects us even when we do dumb things. So the scratch of my nose, in case you didn't notice, it, uh, that's from walking and looking at your phone at the same time, so don't do that. But it could have been, it could have been worse, right? It's one of those things that it could have been in an eye, it could have been who knows where. So it's one of those things that God protects us when we do extremely dumb things. So um, just praise him for that. Like, that's a pretty amazing thing, too. So you guys see the list up there? Right? I put a list up here of where who's up next. So Alex and I are going to chat for a second, and it's not really an interview thing. He's just here up, bud. Well, I, I didn't prepare a whole lot for this. I just kind of, I'm going by what I remember. Uh, so at, when we first got there, that little kid, in, oh, it's gone now, the little kid in the wagon, his name was Dan, and he was... He was a pretty cool guy. I got to give him my hat, and uh, he wanted the hat because it said Canadian on it, and he said he wished he was Canadian. <laughs> that was pretty sweet. Um, thank you for your support and all that for the trip, too, and their prayers. And uh, we got to spend a night in a tribal hut one night, and uh, we got to tell them hunting stories about me and my dad going hunting and me and my grandpa. They've never seen a picture of a deer before. So we got to show him a picture of a deer. Uh, that was pretty cool. Hi, I'm Annette. So why did I go to P&G? Well, nine years ago, I went over to P&G with Steve and Krista and family. So, what, so I wanted to go back, and it was time for me to step out of my bubble again. Speaking up here is stepping out of my bubble. I knew it was going to be hot, hot, and hot. I knew what to expect. Well, traveling with eight other people, you don't know what to expect. Lots of people have asked what my main job was over there. I didn't really have a main job. I helped Ginny and Ellie with cooking, baking, and cleaning, and running around finding things, or people, to give them that snack. As long as it was on the ground, or something that I could lift, I helped tackle the job. What did I get out of this trip? This trip reminded me what I was very blessed for. Good health care, roads that don't have crazy potholes, crazy potholes, and a God that provides. Even before this trip started, wh what was God teaching me? To be patient and wait and to be, put more faith and trust in him. Thank you for all your prayers and support. So now we have uh, Uncle Dave's up and a letter, and Steve's going to be apparently the interpreter for it. So don't believe everything that Steve says. 
All right, before we get to the letter, did you want to do your thing first? <laughs> no. Not even one day. Okay, I'll give you a little bit of a history lesson. I get to talk on the church in PNG there, um, particularly. Can't hear me? That better? I hate these things. Okay, uh, the Dubali uh, Baptist Church um, was started, well, before it was started, uh, a man named Peter Busan lived in the community, and when he got older, old enough to get a job, he went to college, and he worked for the Ministry of Natural Resources, and he moved away. And when he retired from that, he had a burden for his own people in in the Medang area. So in the mid, 2000, around 2005, he moved back to the area and he started a small home church. However, he got sick in 2010, he passed away. When he came back in 2005, he brought his son with him. His wife was still teaching, so she came a little bit later. But uh, his son's name was Jeffet. And at the time, Jephthah wasn't walking for the Lord. He was doing his own thing and kind of rebelling. And uh, those times that he was pretty drunk and was shaking our fence and just causing a lot of trouble and stuff. But after Peter died in 2010, the Lord got a hold of Jephthah and brought him back. And Jephthah got a burden for the, his family, the bigger community there. And has, the Lord has really put a passion in his heart for that. We started attending the church in about 2014. And there was maybe 10 to 15 people attending at the time. Now there's about 60 people there. And the neat thing about Jephthah is he loves the Lord and he is very passionate when he speaks. You don't miss anything when he speaks. That first Sunday, I thought, well, they're not going to understand. These guys aren't going to understand a lot that he's saying, but it's good they go anyway and, and hear. After the service, we got home and they started talking. These guys didn't miss a thing. Now, Jeff, most of the congregation were citizens, so he was speaking in talk pigeon most of the time, a little English, so we call it Pinglish. And, uh, but these guys got everything. Um, he is a very animated speaker. He's all over the stage and his arms are going and very passionate. Nine people come to know the Lord that day. And they range from 10 years old to 50, 55. So he's covering a wide range, and everybody was glued. Every Sunday I watched the congregation, and everybody was just glued to him, following him. So it is so exciting to see how the Lord is building his church, and he's using that young man and his mother and different ones in the community, and we just praise the Lord for that. So now by Migolo Tok Pigeon. Now he's going to speak in Pigeon. Uh, did Jeff you find it, Wes? Just wait a second. Wes doesn't have this one on yet. There we go. Good job. Okay, start again. Okay, now me by Golo Tok Pigeon. Now he's going to talk to you in a different language called Talk Pigeon. 
people from this church sent a letter. Dear pastor, now all brother, now sister, long Christ. Uh, dear pastor and brothers and sisters in Christ. good day, They're sending us uh, good day greetings. talk thank you true long papa God long like him long Christ and we stop long bell below Yupla now Yupla he stop big blessing true. That was a long one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We say thank you. Thank you very much to God for um, your love of Christ that stops in your hearts and that you follow God. You blessed a big blessing true, long helping me, long walk, belong how slow to belong me, long here. We were a big blessing. You were a big blessing. Um, to us by coming and working in our church. God yet, he can kiss him back, name long display, not am yet by blessing you, Ogeta. God's going to have his name lifted up um, because of the work you did. Something close to that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And God will give you the blessing. The blessing. Mipla by Baton yet law Yupla now work Yupla make him law Papa God. We are praying for you and the work that you are doing for God. Mipla brata nasuse belong Yupla inside law family belong God. We are all brothers and sisters in God's family. Close enough. About nine years ago, that would have been real easy for me. But uh, when you only use the language once every three years, it doesn't really, doesn't really stick in there as well. And I keep putting other information, and when other information goes in, some stuff comes out, and it seems like some of my pigeon has gone out. So I'm supposed to talk a little bit about some of the answers to prayer. Um, Aunt Deborah says I have to say something because there's no way that this should have happened outside of you guys praying for us. So as we were coming through Manila on our way home, we're standing there waiting and we had been doing a lot of waiting on our trip home and we're all standing there kind of close to one of the carousels that lug luggage comes out on and hey that's my bag somebody want to grab that bag for me and they go over and they grab it sure enough it's my bag there's no tags on it so my tags that had had my or where it's supposed to go had uh, worn off and the bags all the tags that said whose bag it is and his address we're also gone. So there's just a bag on the carousel with no information on it. And it was my bag. So if we hadn't been there at that right time, we hadn't noticed that bag, then I would not have gotten my bag back home. So thank you for praying for us for those kind of answers to prayer. Without even knowing to pray for it, you still answered that prayer. A little on the humble side, because his pigeon is actually extremely good um, in the tribe. It was fun to watch him interpret our stories and uh, interact with them. Even though, like, once you're in the bush, 
the pigeon is way different than the, the pigeon that's out on the base. Like it, <laughs> I wasn't getting any of it. But Steve was able to get along pretty good with it. And actually, Ginny doesn't think hers is very good, but it's actually quite impressive, too. <laughs> so <laughs> Ginny's up now. It's her turn. I feel incredibly blessed to have been able to be part of this team that traveled to PNG. It felt like I was home, even though I had never been to Medang before. It was still so familiar. The wonderful warmth, the sounds and smells, the wonderful smiles and friendly greetings from the people. And finally, to put faces to the people and view the places I've heard so much about from the many years mom and dad spent in Medang. I finally got to meet Anna, a dear, dear friend from, of my mom's, and a wonderful friend and mentor to Emma for the short time she was there. And now to me as well for the even shorter time that I was there. I think she found a way into each of our hearts here on the team. She has an amazing love for the Lord and a passion for her people to know him. I was also thrilled to meet Doreen and her little son Dave, who was named after dad. Another dear friend of mom and dad's that I've heard so much about. Also loved getting to know Pastor Jeffett and his wife Nashville and their sons Dan and Peter which you've already heard others talk about. They're an amazing family. Two other ladies that I enjoyed getting to know were Kathy and Covina. They were so generous to us and brought us um, tons of fruit and left it at our door on several occasions. Another couple that was wonderful to get to know better was Bill and Kelly Housley, one of the missionary couples. They were a lot of fun and a big blessing to us as well. From medical care to letting us borrow bealums and batteries and cinnamon or whatever we might need, to just asking how we were doing and answering any questions we might have. It's hard to pick just a couple highlights of this trip to mention because it was all really great. But one I will talk about was our overnight in Sandeni. A few of us, like you heard before, um, chose to stay in a bush house with one of the families from the church in Sandeni. Around 4.30 in the afternoon, Steve, Rob, Alex, and I headed out in the rain on a 40 to 45 minute um, hike with a lady named Kenna and her kids. She was great. She had a child on her shoulders and held my hand pretty much the whole time, a whole way to her house. She was worried I might wipe out on the slippery mud or in the couple of rivers that we crossed through. She told me she had clothes I could borrow if I fell, but if one of the boys fell, she wasn't sure her husband's clothes would work for them. <laughs> she talked the whole walk, telling me about herself, her kids and sisters, about her husband Willis, and about his brothers and sisters and their parents. She has a pretty amazing testimony. She's a literacy teacher and knows some English, but it's about as rusty as my pigeon is. She taught her husband how to read, and he's now one of their church's Bible teachers. They have four kids and also have some nieces and nephews staying with them. Kenna and Willis love the Lord and are raising their kids to know him too. We had a great time sitting around the fire in their house, visiting with them, for hours while they prepared food over the fire. We ate greens cooked in bamboo shoots, rice and cow cow, which is like sweet potato. It was pretty good. After, soon after we had all eaten, the guys went to the guy's house and I stayed with Ken and the kids. And we just slept, or not so much, on the floor around the fire. It was a long night, but really so worth it. In the morning, we ate more greens and cow cow and were able to be part of their family devotion time. Then we headed back to the missionary's house and met the rest of the team there. The best part for me was being able to share in the fellowship with other believers who love the Lord with all their heart, soul, and minds deep in the jungles of Papua New Guinea. Even though we have language and cultural barriers, we love the same Lord and are one in him. 
This is the reason that my parents, with us five girls, left for Papua New Guinea 26 years ago. Yes, I knew that was why we went to PNG, to tell the people there about Jesus, and that did happen. There are believers in Pikapaki where we lived. But I only knew them as baby believers when I was quite a bit younger in age and in my faith. Now, 20 years later, it's maybe hit me a little different. I was able to see God's faithfulness in the tribes and city of PNG. God's church is growing there in PNG. It was so wonderful to see mature believers and new believers. I have been blessed to, been, to have been able to go on this trip, but not just because it felt like home to me. I've been blessed by the believers in PNG and their genuine love for others and their savior. I've been blessed by God's faithfulness. Anna kept saying that they were so blessed to have us come, and she was also careful to give God the glory for anything that was done. I am so glad that we could go and be a blessing to them, but in all honesty, they were truly a blessing to us. It is wonderful to know that we have brothers and sisters in Christ around the world, but there's something extra special and extra wonderful to meet them face to face and worship our God, the Lord Jesus Christ, alongside them. Thank you to you guys here who made it possible for us to go, and thank you so much for praying for us while we were away. I've been encouraged, refreshed, and challenged, and I am so thankful to be part of the family of God, both here and around the world. I am grateful for having the opportunity to go on this mission trip. It was awesome to make friends with Jesse and Billy. Thank you for supporting us and praying for us. Many people have asked me what it was about this trip that stood out to me. What was the most memorable event? And even though there were great memories made together as a team about places we went and things we built and worked on, there were no certain events that I can say were better than others. For me, it was about the people. We worked alongside them mostly every day and got to build a relationship with them. We got to interact with them not only during the church project, but also on base, in town, and at the markets. It's obvious that relationships mean everything to these people. At the market, some would hold out their hands to us only to shake ours. Most of them gave a smile, and all of them had very good eye contact. Even the ones walking down the road would wave at us as we drove by. When we took our trip up to the highlands, we went on a hike to a nearby waterfall. Our group kept getting bigger during our trek, as the locals would just come out of nowhere and join us on our little journey. When we reached the waterfall, of course, it was our mission to climb to the top. Immediately, I had a young mother come alongside me. She took my hand while she hung on to her baby. Nobody asked her to help me, and there weren't even any suggestions that I needed help. But it was her mission to stay with me. About halfway up, she handed her baby on to someone else and went with me all the way to the top, not letting go of me once. On the way back down, she carefully 
She was carefully telling me where to step and where not to step, guiding me the whole time and never leaving my side until we reached the bottom. It was her mission to stay with me out of the kindness of her heart. Even on our walk back to the village, I had a young girl named Melina that put her hand into mine and wouldn't let go for anything. Eventually, she started to ask me about my children, so I showed her pictures of my family and my home and all the photos of the animals that I could find on my phone. I often think about that young mother that helped me on the waterfall hike. I think, what if our roles were reversed? Would I climb a waterfall to help her? Or would I make excuses and say to myself, I don't really feel like getting my clothes all wet, or I need to stay down here and hold on to my baby, or those rocks are too sharp and slippery and I don't want to risk hurting myself. I honestly think those thoughts never crossed her mind. And I want to try to be more like these people that crossed our paths during this trip. Try and follow that one. There's no doubt in anyone's mind that PNG is a beautiful country in terms of its natural beauty. We certainly have been blessed beyond words at the marvels of God's creation while we flew around the country. <sighs> the misty mountains, deep ravines, mountainside waterfalls, and vast array of flora and fauna, as well as the oceanfront area around the Tagog base in Medang are all awe-inspiring parts of our natural world. But as many of you have asked the team, you found that what impacted us the most wasn't the fact that we are some of the few in the world who have been so fortunate to spend 24 days here. However, it's the relationships that we desire, and that is what has impressed in our minds as we reflect on the events since January 15th. I will admit, though, that being upgraded to first class an hour before the dreaded 15-hour flight was really, really nice. I felt bad for Dave and Ginny sitting in the back, but I forgot all about that during my second mango smoothie after I donned my fuzzy slippers and turned the massage embedded in my lay-flat seat. <clears throat> you just heard the testimonies from the other team members that it was the personal connections have made a lasting impact on them. And there are three things personally that stick out in my mind. Number one, Ryan and Alex. Two young guys who live less than two kilometers from each other but have opposite personalities and interests. As they talked, worked, and joked around, they have something in common that both of them will remember for a long time. Um, so Ryan was aptly named long grass. That means long hair. Um, as a result, I was no grass. Uh, number two was personal connections for me. Billy from Down Under, uh, Bill and Kelly, Kelly Housley, all the guys that came out to the site, I've uh, heard about many of them. In particular, a young fellow named Brendan, a relationship starting but needs more time to develop, so I guess I have to go back. Um, and watching Ellie with the locals. Um, Ellie was quite popular up there from the young mother who helped her up and down the waterfall. Well, I was unable to because um, I had, had to do everything I could to hang on because it was really, really steep. Um, and to young Melina who grabbed her hand and held her while we walked through the afternoon. And then again when she was showing pics of her own kids to all the children there. There's no shortage of connections to make when doing this type of short-term mission. Although our team was well-suited for the work accomplished there, the reality is that many people can pour concrete, install steel, and complete some of the projects that we were part of. What counts the most is, were the fruits of the Spirit evident in our words and actions? Did we work as unto the Lord for His glory and not our own? Did we love our neighbors as ourselves? We are happy for the Debella Church's new concrete floor, 
But our hope and prayer is that the people of PNG will experience his ever, everlasting grace. Thank you. Thank you for all your support. We appreciate that so much. A series of testimonies. Yeah, you can clap all over again. That's good. Now I'm going to try my pigeon. No, actually, I have a letter in English from the uh, Dabali Baptist Church. Dear Canadian friends, greetings from Papua New Guinea. The weather is warm, and so are our hearts, having been blessed by the team that you sent to Madang, Papua New Guinea, to serve us here. We know that it takes a lot of planning and a lot of finances to make a project like this happen. So thank you. We enjoyed the time with them so much, and our hearts are only sad to not have Deborah along to complete our joy. We are blessed to meet her daughter, though, and that made her feel a bit closer. Your Huron Chapel team members have all worked extremely hard, completely com completing the floor of the church and so many other projects on the ground of the Bali Baptist. We are very thankful for all that was accomplished through them. We pray God's blessing on your church there and all who gave and supported this team in coming and, and pray that God receives all the glory for it. The church here is doing well. Over the last couple of months, we have seen more than a dozen people profess faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Pray, please pray for us now as we walk with them in their new Christian life and help them as they learn to walk in newness of life. Thank you once again for all the prayer time and love that, you, that was shared. We pray that your team was blessed also as they were able to share in what God is doing here in Papua New Guinea. We are thankful to be part of the body of Christ with you and look forward to meeting many of you in heaven one day. Blessings, your brothers and sisters here at the Bali Baptist. Let's pray. Thank you indeed, O oh Lord, for... Uh, what we've heard, O oh Lord, for this is you at work in our lives. You are writing your story in our stories. You are writing your story in the lives of these brothers and sisters whom uh, many of us have never seen. But we're glad even now to ask that you, by your Spirit, would bless them, encourage them, and continue to focus on Jesus. We're thankful, O oh Lord, for the work that you've been doing in the hearts of those who are able to travel. Thank you, Lord, for traveling mercies, for answered prayer. Thank you, O Lord, for the ongoing work of your Spirit. We're glad, O Lord, that you do not give up on us and that we are all works in progress and that someday when we see Jesus, we shall be like him. And Lord, we are on this journey to become more like him in every way. And we know, Father, that you are the one who uh, has called us to mission to serve. You sent us to serve and to help and to bless. And we ask, O oh Lord, that increasingly you would make us more and more like your beautiful Son, whom we serve, whom we consider our Lord and Savior. Thank you for hearing us as we pray. Give us, O oh Lord, your attention as we consider a little bit from your word this morning. Amen. So I have a few minutes here, and I'm the closer, as they say in, in uh, baseball, and uh, we'll try not to make it 15 innings long. 
I want to take you to 2 Kings chapter 5. I'm going to read four verses. Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. And I'm going to stop there. You know the story. You know how Naaman actually then did go to Israel, did go to see Elisha, but Elisha said, just go duck yourself in the stream of Jordan seven times. And Naaman, being indeed a great man from a powerful, the most powerful nation in the area, says, why should I humble myself and go in this piddly little stream when we have great rivers back, like the Euphrates and the Tigris? But he was advised, and the, his servant said, well, why don't you do it? And you know what happened. He was healed. He was cleansed. But what I want to do is focus on the young girl for a moment. Because we've just heard from a team that's been around the world, we've heard what it was that made an impact on the team, and we also heard about what made an impact on the people there. They're a witness. They're a witness, witness that flowed both ways. So we have here a young girl, a slave, who was taken, we are told, by raiders. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if we had uh, gun-toting raiders who would just break in here and take the young children? How would we feel about that? Horrified. This is terror. This is trauma. We can't even imagine the abuse that this young girl might well have experienced along the way. And yet we see this young girl who, when she becomes aware of her master's distress with leprosy, she says to her mistress, she says to her mistress, oh, if my master would only go to Israel, there is a prophet of the Lord there who can actually cure now, why was her witness believable? Why was her witness believable? Her witness was believable because, you see, even though she would have experienced incredible trauma, it had not destroyed her or her faith in God. She had a profound confidence in the reality of God who is able to perform these miracles. She also was demonstrating the capacity to think of others. She was not having a pity party. If anyone had a right to have a pity party, it was this little girl. She had a resilience which was there because of her confidence in the Lord. She was not going to make any excuses. Oh, poor me, poor me. I've had such a hard time. Others have not been nice to me. Where, God, have you been through all this? She was confident in her God. 
So that's the first thing I think that we can learn from this little girl. The second thing is that she must have had a good reputation. In other words, her mistress, Naaman's wife, must have thought a lot about this young girl. This is what made her believable. Do you think she would have been believable if she'd been lazy? If she had been lying? If she had been thieving? No. What we must assume, I believe correctly and legitimately, is that this was a young girl who was demonstrating in how she lived the kind of resilience, the kind of integrity that comes from living for the Lord. Now, to put it in New Testament terms, this is about keeping your eye fixed on Jesus. And friends, you know how easy it is for us to lose sight of that. When Peter got out of the boat to walk on the water, when did he start to sink? When he looked at the storm around him. We need to continue to keep our eye focused on Jesus. And this is what will give us an effective witness. So whether we are dealing with affairs within the body of Christ, within our families, when we're at school, when we're in the workplace, our focus must be on Jesus. And focus on Jesus means that we choose to be like Jesus. That we have his attitude, that we behave like him. Otherwise, we're fooling ourselves, all right? What in the world does it mean to follow Jesus unless we're going to be like him? No amens. All right, we'll keep going. Now, you see, this, this little girl, without knowing the New Testament teaching, was taught of the Lord Something that we read about in 1 Peter, for example, or in Colossians 3. And I'll just read this little passage from Colossians 3. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you and to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Do you see that? You think this little girl was like that? Absolutely. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. So if it can be said of slaves, can it be said of you and me? It better be, right? We got a few amens. All right, we're getting there. I'll preach a little faster if you can say more amens, all right? That means you'll be out sooner before the windstorm comes. <laughs> it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong, and there is no favoritism. In other words, God is watching all of us. So let's not fool ourselves, friends. When we choose to step out of who we are in Christ, we are dishonoring Christ. And we cannot do the business of Christ unless we do it like Christ. You see? It's really simple. So make your applications, and they're all over us. Today, tomorrow, 
and Thursday. <laughs> you figure out what's happening Thursday, all right? And I'm going to ask you this question. If we had asked the little girl the question, where have you seen God at work today? Have you got an answer? Yeah. We have seen God at work today in so many ways. Praise the Lord. We are here by the mercy and the grace and providence of God. And we see it in the lives of others. Praise God for those who model the life of Christ. Praise God for what we have heard and seen from the team that went to Papua New Guinea. But praise God that God is not limited in any way to Papua New Guinea. Same God here that we serve, that we love, that we honor. And so I ask you the simple question, how is your witness? Does it reflect the beauty of Jesus? You see, that was the thing that we clearly heard. Made an impact there both ways. The young mom who took Ellie's hand. You see, simple as that. We are called to be witnesses. You shall be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And God has poured out his spirit upon his people. And we are indwelt by his spirit. And we are called to live in accordance with the Spirit. We have an obligation, Paul says in Romans 8. We have an obligation to live. But praise God, it is more than an obligation. It is a privilege to walk like Jesus, for Jesus, and in the power of His Spirit. So keep your focus. And what is God doing? He is making you a good witness. We are all witnesses, whether or not, whether or not we are actually uttering words, we are witnesses. And we are impacting others in a good way, in a bad way, or in an indifferent way. And as far as I'm concerned, God calls us to have an impact that is good and positive and encouraging, that reflects the beauty of God. Jesus. So this week, just go and bless others in the name of Jesus, walking conscious of him moment by moment. And may the story that we heard in a concentrated fashion in the testimony of the team be multiplied many, many times in our lives together and individually this week. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Thank you, O Lord, for hearing us. Thank you, O Lord, for the privilege of serving you. And there's no greater privilege than to be lifted up and to be called friends by Jesus. For you have made us, O Lord, part of this wonderful, wonderful privilege of making what you have transacted for us known to the world, that any and all who believe in Jesus have eternal life that we have the right to be called the children of God. What a privilege. That we have our sins forgiven. That we are reconciled to God. That you enable us to live life just the way this little girl did. 
not overcome by the wrongs that others do to us, not overcome by the negative circumstances, but bringing the very presence and reality of God into the lives of everyone that we touch. Thanks again, O Lord, for blessing us even this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen.